Mario Reed. I'm the founder of the Mario Reed Foundation. Uh, what inspired you to create the foundation? Well, over 26 years ago, when I first got paralyzed in a high school football game, uh, the school had uh, pretty much uh, knew it was going to be a lot of financial responsibility. So they came up with a mission to help me uh, start the foundation, to help me out as far as recovering from paralysis and things like that, because they know it's going to be a little expensive to fly me out to different cities like Baylor for rehabilitation and St. Louis and things like that. And and we had a, a, a different mission statement. It was to help anyone who suffered a catastrophic injury through TWSWA sports. But at that time, it was rarely, rarely anyone that suffered spinal cord injury from football. So uh, uh, we kept the foundation going. They had a lot of fundraisers, uh, Phil Foreman for the balls, Peyton Manning, uh, Lake Walter Payton. A lot of people sent me a lot of things to auction off, Rob Brooks, Mark McGuire, Bats, I mean, you name it, people from all over the world. They had pretty much had, uh, helped me get started with the the first foundation. And I pretty much got that going. And I graduated from high school and kind of uh, jumped out from life. Uh, started co Went back to my old high school. I coached uh, football 2008 and 2009. And just kind of fulfilling myself, finding my niche or what I really wanted to do. And uh, after I uh, coached high school football from 2007, 2008, I said, well, now it's time for me to uh, kind of write me a book. Uh, so I decided to, I've been writing on and off for uh, for a little while. And it eventually took me about six years to write my book. So in 2013, I released Brothers the Mario Reed story. And uh after shortly I pretty much promoted that, uh pushed that around the city. And a few years later, uh I figured that the, the book sale wasn't going as, as good as I thought they would be. So I said, let, let me get the word a visual. So I uh we uh I pretty much pre-wrote uh the Brew Within Mario Reed documentary and I, I sat down with us uh a screenwriter and my director, and we talked about uh, the process of it. So uh, it took us about six to eight months to lay out everything and, uh, and film it about another year to, uh, to go ahead and get it published and put it out there on the IMDb, was on Amazon Prime. And I said, well, uh, after I released the documentary, a lot of people would start calling me and asking questions about paralysis. I said, well, Maybe I just need to restart the foundation with a different mission statement. So I'm going back to your question. I just want to kind of give you a little background, lead up to, if you, if you don't mind. So uh, I said, well, maybe let me just give, give the world a little visual. And after I gave them a visual of the documentary, I said, well, let me sit down with a mission. And it's a unique mission because it's a dual mission. Uh, I advocate for people with paralysis and also help foster, I'm saying, for positive roles for the inner, for the inner city of youth. So we're at this beginning stage. I recreate this in 2019. So we're just 
trying to get out the ground. I had my first fundraiser event last year. Uh, I got some local sponsors to come on board, and and uh, I mean we just uh, we solidified the board by bringing board members together, which a lot of them are volunteers, some lawyers, doctors, superintendents. So they pretty much help make things easier for me. And uh, I said, well, I get a lot of calls from people one on one that suffer paralysis. Uh, I'm part of a men's group, a Bill to Three Sixty. In Arizona, where a lot of men who, who get on Zoom weekly and talk about the barriers of our injury, where some of them might be quadriplegic, some might be paraplegic, some might have MS, some might be blind, but we all can relate to each other and, and help each other in, our, in everyday lives. And uh, and then, yeah, as you know, I'm located in Memphis, Tennessee. We have a lot going, and for years I've been trying to. I'm saying to get a, a in line with Region One, that's the big hospital where most people go for trauma. And every so often, somebody run across my story and contact me on social media. Say, uh, I see you working out. I see your videos. You're doing so much proving. The doctor said you want to get this this type of movement back, but you're doing so good. I'm so happy for you. And I said, Well, I'm happy people want it on one. Let me just restart this foundation where I can help a broader people and lay out a plan. So that's why I'm at now. We're laid out the plan. We're updating the website, and I'm getting ready to start a podcast. I'm saying starting September 1st, and and it's kind of give the world a little bit more of me. I mean, they see I wrote a book. They see the documentary, but I think it's time for me to sit down and start having weekly conversations and doing Q&A questions, like what I do when I go to radio shows and to the news media and things like that. And I think that will help get the word out there where I can help advocate for over 1.2 million people in the state of Tennessee that's on, uh, the, on, on the Medicaid program. And for the youth, I'm kind of start off my niche with getting involved with alternative schools. And I go around and speak at different high schools and things like that about my injury and different topics or whatever they want me to talk about. Bars or uh, uh, just for example, uh, determination, uh, overcoming obstacles or anything it may be. How has helping others helped your own healing process? Exactly, exactly. And it's fulfilled me to help brighten that day because it was hard for me when I first got paralyzed 26 years ago, not having no direction on where to go or what to do, but I had a good support system. My family, uh, which uh, my brother, my mother, my sister, they, while I was at Region 1, they flew out to Baylor to check out the hospital to make sure it'd be a good fit for me and it'd be the best place for me to focus on recovering from my injury. So I figured... Uh, let me just recreate the foundation with a different mission statement and I can make it broad where I can start in Tennessee and expand out uh, possibly over the next 50 states similar to like the Christopher and Diana Reese Foundation. And I am one of 480 mentors for the Christopher and Diana Reese Foundation. So uh, I'm a part of that as well and I'm just trying to do more things to bring some awareness to the state of Tennessee. So. Uh, that's where we're at right now. 
with that. And uh, I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to all the things to come in the future. I have a, a lot coming up. I'm saying with the foundation. So uh, I'm excited. And as for helping kids, how important is it for kids growing up to have a strong support system? It, 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 I think it's it's the number one thing we need today because as we all see the news, the youth, um, so we got to get instill some knowledge and some wisdom into them at an early age so they won't get caught up into things they should get caught up to the social media or what they see on TV, the negative influences. So I think if we get, we put them in a, a good environment and put some positive mentors around them to educate them, we can guide them the right way. So when they come of age, they can go out and start understand and know what they want to do. They can have a backup plan for say, for example, I got paralyzed. Only thing I want to do be a professional football player or Navy SEAL. But those change, those plans change. I didn't know what I wanted to do after that. I had to redefine myself and laying on that bed at night in the, in the med. Of course, I'm Herman, questioning God, why me, why me, why not me? And so I had to go through those, those type of things to to find out what I want to do. And I said, well, I didn't have a contingency plan. So when I start this foundation, let me sit down with these young guys and let them know, look here, you might want to be an NFL player. You might want to be an NBA best ball player, major league baseball player. Well, have a backup plan. Get an education so you can be able to go teach or do things different way. But it, it just fulfills me to help the youth because – they want to learn things. They they look for guidance. And by me coaching football, for some reason, they cope to me. I mean, they like to, I'm saying, they come to me, Coach Reed, can you send me a workout plan? I'm paralyzed 26 years later, but I have friends playing in the NFL, so they know uh, working out, that's part of my daily routine for over 26 years, no matter I focus on working out even before I think about nonprofit or even making a dollar. So uh, I tell them, you just have to have, have a vision. Find your vision. I'm saying uh, find your passion. I'm saying uh, lay it out, put it on paper, and pursue it no matter how long it takes. Wake up each day, take it one day at a time, and just go pursuing it. And I think that's the start for me to help them out. And eventually, you know, once you become friends and you build that relationship with this the kid or the youth, they're going to eventually open up to you. So, uh, uh, and that's what I like them to do, to open up and see how can I help them out further in their lives. So, uh, I mean, it just it's an enjoyment to work with them. Uh, I've been working with the youth for over probably most of my life and uh, after I left the high school level, I left out. I went and volunteered in middle school and helped my brother. He's the athletic director for the seventh, eighth grade. And they're totally different than coaching high school teenagers. Right. <laughs> yeah, so it, it just was an experience. But I tried to go speak to anyone and adapt to whatever crowd, whether they're six or seven years old or they're 16 and 17 year old. 
or if I'm going to speak to an elderly uh, group at a nursing home, I can adapt to someone that's 65 or 70 year old. Because I, I help te teach people all different aspects of life. So uh, with the youth, we want to instill positive encouragement, let them understand what cultural awareness is, interpersonal skills, help them get more into their selves, get them to start uh, getting to reading, because that's one thing we're lacking in this century. A lot of us are like reading. So uh, I'm kind of forcing that, kind of pushing it on them. And that's one of the things we'll be teaching once we get the center up and going is a basic public speaking class, of course, a reading. Uh, I'm saying help them get over their phobia yeah. of speaking in front of people. Because for a long time, I would never get in front of nobody and talk. No way. <laughs> I, I'm still nervous all the time speaking in front of people. Yeah. But but now I'm a natural with it. I mean, uh, I've come. You just got to just go with the flow. Not try to be perfect. Not try to think that you're going to mess up or say the wrong thing. But just try to just give people the best possible responses they can when they ask you a question. So uh, that's what I try to do. I know for me, creating a podcast and talking to people has been, you know, therapeutic for me, understanding uh, different people and relating to them. What are you looking forward to for your own podcast? Well, I'm looking to find an outlet to help more people throughout the world because uh, I have friends that I help in Colorado, Arizona, uh, Boston, my neurosurgeon Boston. So I'm different. I'm dealing with different people all around the world, but I'm, I want to create this podcast so people can tune in to listen to the things that I have to say. Because I wrote out almost twelve episodes for my first season, and it's new to me because a lot of people were telling me you need to get a radio show many years ago, but I did not see that vision. It's a you. You do good when you go on radio shows. You talk well. You speak well. I said, I just didn't see that. But now I figure things have slowed down. Uh, public speaking is not a high commodity as it used to be. And that the world is kind of changing to more of the podcast and, and Zoom meetings. And so I figured uh, I would transition to that to try to use that platform to to kind of get the word out, to get the mission out to what the foundation is doing and what we'll be doing work in the future. Because things that people don't know, I do. I host private Zoom meetings with senators for $20 billion budgets. For the health care side, for people that's with paralysis or suffer the injury, they help them, keep them from going to nursing homes where they can stay in their own homes and get home health care. So I have to educate them on that uh, as well as getting their body on a regimen, like a bowel program, a shower, getting daily, I'm saying, uh, routines as far as exercising. And these are all the things that help, I have done. And that's the, the main reason why I'm healthy to this day, because I move. If you don't move it, you lose it. And that's a motto, I'm saying, that I use. You got to stay moving. 
never stop. And you see my Facebook, it got never quit. I just wake up each day, take life one day at a time, and just go. You know what I'm saying? And so it and and I tell God, I just I just thank you. Just I'm saying, uh, put me on this path to help other people because different people have my number. It's not the public. They call me and they want to ask interviews similar like you. I never too much heard about you until I started getting on the <laughs> website and and here you go. Yeah, we're you, new, you, so <laughs> yeah. But I, I did a little background check. I'm saying I only got looked on your site. I'm, uh, I'm glad to see that you all doing good things. And I, I think that you all going to make a change and impact since sharing people's stories around the world. Thank you. Yes, I, I hope so. <laughs> oh, yes, most definitely. We all have to start somewhere. We all have to start somewhere. And, and we know it takes sometimes a, a little time to get things off the ground. And it's taking a little time for me to get things off the ground, but I have a lot of unseen things that I'm doing now that will become public. And when I start the podcast, people hear the type of conversation that I will, will talk with. If I'm on the go about trying to get some help here, I tell them, wherever city, wherever state you're in, contact your local center if you get denied. Your local center can make you sign a hip law where they can go in with your social security number and, and see all your medical records, see everything about you, and they can kind of come in and help assist you in the right way to make you feel of live a, a full life the way you want to live instead of feeling like you're stuck at home yeah. in a room and can't move, you know what I'm saying, and have uh, certain limitations. So I try to tell people, Expand your horizon with your mind, your body, because <laughs> you got to stay mentally, physically, and spiritually. I'm saying motivated daily, and I'm I'm motivated daily. I don't know what's what. I think God He motivated me daily. I know what motivated me, but He said, "How you just continue, just go, 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 go." Do you ever get tired? No, until the good Lord called me home. I think it it's my duty. It's uh, I know he used me as like a prophet uh, or as a messenger to, to help spread his word to his people. And I think that's my calling why I'm still here today. How can people reach out and learn more? People can uh, reach out to me uh, uh, through the Mario Reed uh, Foundation website, MarioReedFoundation.org, or they can send me an email, or they can uh, follow me on either the social media websites of Mario Reed Foundation at Mario Reed 29 for Instagram, uh, TikTok, and also they can check out the stuff on the podcast, MRF Advocate 901 will be the podcast name, and I will have that set up shortly before the week is out so we can have everything ready to the lunch September 1st. And you'll see I start sharing like brochures that I already have printed up with my first guest will be one of my friends named Dur Dur Williams out of Colorado. And uh, me and Dur, we met when I first got paralyzed. And he helped give me my edge of life to understand this paralysis world. And Dur has an amazing story. So uh, I sit down. I look forward to sitting down and talk with Dur 
pretty much uh, just having a conversation about life and we can discuss the barriers of how we had to face all these last probably two, three decades. And that kind of will, will kind of give people a little insight that you might can be a quad, but get what? We still have our own house, live by ourselves. We we know our limitations. We know our strengths. We know our weaknesses. So we know when we have to have someone come in and help us out for the things that we can't do, but we also know we need to use our independence, I'm saying, to get us where we need to be. And I think Daryl would be a good guy to kind of help spread the word because, he, uh, like I said, he, he didn't have a lot of things like I had when I first got paralyzed. So his role was real rocky. But somehow uh, we had uh, found the right resources to, to move him out of Memphis, to fly him up to Colorado. And uh, I want to say Shaquille O'Neal, if I'm not mistaken, uh, had helped uh, bought some condominiums or townhouses for people with disabilities. And they built them. I think that's what Daryl lived in, in Colorado. And he's been staying there now for a while. So whenever we find people that feel like they're in Memphis and they don't have any assistant living places to go or no resources, we'll tell them the first states that we'll take care of you 24-7. We'll help you with certain benefits or certain state programs that, that you can't get her in Memphis. Probably because you're not financially eligible or medically eligible. Now, all those things kind of add up when you start talking about getting on choices and receiving state funding money and things like that. 